Yes, welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. Oops, I just knocked something over here. Um, I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and we are starting a real health revolution right here, one conversation at a time. What do I mean by real health revolution? Well, I mean, we need to change things up. I spoke last week um, on another uh, show to a fabulous doctor who I'm going to bring on next Friday, who says he's looking for a cultural shift to shift us to nature first, drug second. And I think that's such a fabulous way to go. I think in this in this COVID chaos that we are seeing, um, we that switch has not happened soon enough because really a lot of what nature has to offer for the vast majority of people is is what is needed in order to calm things down and to alleviate the fear and to help us all um, fully recover and move through this. Um, the, the news today is, of course, everybody has heard that um, President Trump and the First Lady did test positive for COVID. And the latest news, I looked it up just before we came on air here, is that... Um, the president and first lady are having some mild symptoms and the Washington post has actually said that uh, the president is being moved to a hospital and he has been given an antibody cocktail, which I think is really interesting. Of course, if you're the president of the United States, you would hope to be getting the the latest, best, safest cutting edge treatment protocols um, available. And I know he's got this wonderful Dr. Scott Atlas, um, in his group now is right there um, giving great information. And I've been a big fan of Dr. Scott Atlas for from the beginning of all this, really talks common sense. He's been looking at the research on everything. I'm pleased to hear that the doctors are reporting that President Trump is also receiving zinc, vitamin D, uh, uh, let's see, a daily dose of aspirin and melatonin, which there's been some fabulous studies for all of those for viral infections and specifically for COVID-19. So that's pretty cool. There's also um, another drug that he's been being given. It's an over-the-counter drug. Uh, let's see, I've got some information here for you guys on it. It's called, um, I can't pronounce it very well, Famot. To dine, F A M O T I D I N E. Anyway, it's one of the main ingredients in like Pepsi. And it's an antacid, it's a histamine um, antagonist, um, they call it. And there's been several studies done. It's been, there's been some case studies published that were very, very promising. They're not quite sure the mechanism of action here, and I'm really looking forward to going down the rabbit hole. I'd love to research. I'd love to go see the information. i love to think about what may be happening and squirrel one way or the other to see if, you know, maybe I can see something about what might be going on. And and um, I, I, I'm a science geek. I just, I just love it. So um, it sounds like he's in excellent hands. He's on an excellent protocol. Um, if anybody's interested in various protocols, there's a great website, healthyimmunitynow.org, where many of the uh, effective treatment protocols are listed. These two are not yet, the, the antibody and the famatidine. Um, I'm sure those will be up there soon as more information comes out, though, about those. So um, that might be a place that you could go check to quickly get the latest research on those. I was thinking myself that if if the reason why this antacid drug seems to be helpful, one mechanism of action, of course, is reduction of stomach acid. And years ago, see, I think my son was four years old. He's 17. So 13 years ago, um, I discovered baking soda as a very power, powerful medicine. It's been used in medicine for hundreds of years, if not longer. And it's even used in some hospital settings in various situations. Um, bicarbonate of soda is a very powerful, very simple uh, medicine as well as a food, um, baking soda. And whenever I feel any infection coming on, I do the antacid recipe on the box of you know baking soda, half a teaspoon and half a glass of water. And for me, it always slows down 
and sometimes completely stops anything that might be coming on. I haven't had a full-blown illness, knock on some wood here, um, in 13 years, um, as well as I try to eat really well and I do the bone broth and vitamin C and that sort of thing. But there's something about alkalizing your gastrointestinal system where 70% of your immune system is, something about that is really uh, very powerful in medicine. So if you want to go look it up, it's really fun to scroll down. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving any medical advice. Nothing on this show is ever meant to be medical or legal advice. It's just information to get you interested and intrigued and excited about your own immune health and how you are empowered to make great decisions for yourself. And, and um, speaking of empowerment, one of the best ways to empower yourself is, through, of course, through knowledge and understanding how your immune system works and understanding what your symptoms are and what they're doing for you and how they're like showing what your immune system is doing to help you recover. A great um, website, a great group to join is called BBCH. I'm going to try to share this if I can here. And I'm going to do that and share. So um, the website bbch.community is a great place to go. Tomorrow they are going to be having, one of the benefits to membership to this is you get these monthly Zoom meetings with immunologist Dr. Tatiana Opuhanich. And she presents information, very timely topics, and goes in depth. She spends a couple of weeks researching in depth something, presents it to the people on the Zoom meeting, and then everybody gets to ask her questions. And we all get to talk and exchange ideas. It is so fun to really um, get in there and, and hear from the experts. And you don't have to be an expert to join. You get so much out of it. Tatiana is awesome and explaining things in a way that um, the average person can understand. I'm, I'm so grateful to her and I love being a member of the BBCH community. I encourage you to check it out because tomorrow is the monthly meeting and the topic is the concept of heterologous, I, I'm probably not saying that right, I apologize, immunity. Um, and the definition, I, I looked up on PubMed because I sort of know what it is, but I don't know how to describe it. So I looked it up on PubMed. And this is what uh, an article there, this was in an article published in Immunological Reviews. They describe immune memory responses to previously encountered pathogens can sometimes alter the immune response to and the course of infection of an unrelated pathogen by a process known as heterologous immunity. This response can lead to enhanced or diminished protective immunity in altered immunopathology. So basically what that's saying is if you're exposed to one disease, later on, if you encounter another, that previous experience might make you uh, be somewhat immune to that new experience and have lesser symptoms or not get infected at all, or it might um, do the opposite. You might have worse symptoms. And they know that this is true with wild infection, and they know this is true with vaccines. And so this... Um, BBCH Zoom meeting tomorrow, we'll be looking at it in terms of um, this new SARS-CoV-2 virus and the potential vaccine candidates, because um, even Dr. Fauci has stood at the podium and talked about the concerns for what might happen if this, um, if the vaccines that come out enhance in a bad way and make you more susceptible to severe disease. So I encourage you to go check that out. Um, membership there gets you so much. You There's um, always available these videos called Natural Immunity Fundamentals, where you learn about what happens when your body becomes infected, what a bacterial infection is, you know, what happens, what a fever is doing, and why you don't want to suppress some symptoms. It's just fabulous information. Um, and another aspect of empowerment that we really encourage you to do for yourself is always do your research. It's, it's time consuming, I know, and it's so much easier to just do what the um, 
people are telling you, what you're hearing on the news. I'm going to move now to, um, let's see, I have to finish, uh, do this, uh, stop share, um, to talk about the flu vaccine. Because everywhere you go, I've, I have never seen the flu vaccine pushed so hard as um, as we are seeing right now. It's it's more than has ever been done in the past. And there are really some, there's a lot of concerning science out there. So before you make that decision, I so believe in medical freedom. You have to do your homework, right? Because these are for-profit, liability-free products that come with the risk of injury, rarely, yes, even death. And there is a lot of science say, saying that it may um, actually increase your risk of other respiratory infections. So I want to play for you a clip from a show that I just love. It's called The High Wire. It's an online news program that airs every Thursday afternoon, 11 o'clock, um, that specific standard time on uh, online on, at thehighwire.com and it streams to other locations. Del Bigtree is the host. He's an uh, Emmy Award winning producer, former producer of the daytime show The Doctors, um, but he started off on his own when he did a documentary film called Vaxxed about a CDC whistleblower. And uh, there we go. So I apologize. I'm having technical issues on my hand here. I'm going to have to do this. Um, so he recently had Dr. Meehan on his program, and Dr. Meehan was on this show and informed uh, Life Radio uh, very recently. And there's just so much on the subject of flu vaccine that I encourage you to listen to this and hear even more. And if you go to an Informed Life Radio on our website, informedchoicewa.org, I've provided a link to an article that is mentioned in here to Dr. Meehan's paper and all of the studies that he mentions and way more are, are hyperlinked to this. So let me see here. I apologize. This is going a little bit slow. The people on the radio are going, what is she talking about? Okay. So I'm going to begin to play here. So here we go. Down and dirty. Everything to know about the flu shot. It's time for a flu shot for dummies. And to help me out with this, I want to bring in one of our favorite doctors out there, Dr. Jim Meehan. Dr. Meehan, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, my goodness. It's an honor, Dell. I love the work you're doing. I love to see the growth in the show and the good that you're doing. This is my fi favorite part of every week. All right. Well, wonderful. Look, we've covered this. Um, I know you've written extensively on this issue, but let me just sort of go over very quickly one of the, the couple of studies we've really been focused on. Of course, the first study was this military study. We vaccinated uh, the military, um, as we always do. Uh, this is a study that looked at 2017-18, influenza vaccination and respiratory virus interference among Department of Defense personnel during the 2017-2018 influenza season. Uh, this was a very interesting study because it really looked at those that received the flu vaccine compared to those that didn't. And it brings up this idea of interference. What they discovered apparently is that those that did not receive the flu vaccine actually had lower rates of coronavirus. Obviously, we're hearing these two things might happen at the same time, and we better get a flu shot to protect us from coronavirus. But this really large military study done here in the United States of America actually found that those that got the flu vaccine had a 38 or 36%, there it is, 36% increased risk of developing coronavirus compared to those that did not get the flu shot. 
That's something that we've talked a lot about. And then I think one of the best studies that was really done, to my knowledge, was in Japan, where they had a real placebo group getting a saline injection compared to those that got the flu shot, increased risk of non-influenza respiratory virus infections associated with receipt of inactivated influenza vaccine. Now, in this study, as I know you well know, uh, both the group that got the vaccine and those that got the placebo had the same rate of influenza infections, so the vaccine proved to be absolutely useless. But what was really striking was those that received the vaccine, much like the military group, TIV recipients had an increased risk of virologically confirmed non-influenza infections, a relative risk of 4.4 times the amount of other respiratory infections, whether or not those were rhinoviruses or other viruses. But clearly we are seeing, you know, a pattern here in, in the science that we've looked at here at the High Wire, where uh, my understanding is this this uh, interference is that, you know, the body, and maybe you can explain this better, but my understanding is, is it that the body is sort of trained to look at, this is your enemy, this is the only way your enemy looks, it looks like this flu, but if a different strain comes in, you know, the guard lets it by, thinking I'm only looking for one issue, and therefore that interference confuses what it's looking for, and coronaviruses and rhinoviruses go slipping by to infect people. Um, you, you've done a lot more reporting, but that's where we've been so far. Take us deeper, Jim. What's going on with this? Yeah, well, I, I'm usually pretty subdued, but I'm going to make a bold claim that, that these terms, let's review some terms here real quick. Okay. In that uh, Department, Department of Defense study, they talked about viral interference. We've, James Lyons-Wilers has talked about pathological priming. Um, everybody's talking about antibody-dependent enhancement right. and Peter Abi has talked about non-specific effects of vaccines and if you recall that vaccinated females in Guinea-Bissau were 10 times more likely to die of any cause than were their unvaccinated counterparts right we'll talk about the what we're seeing in all these terms yeah what we're seeing in all these terms Dell is vaccine induced injury to the human immune system vaccines are increasingly shifting uh, a TH2 shifting, they're imbalancing the immune systems in ways that um, in vaccinated individuals into a hyperactive, hyperallergic, hyperautoimmune state of, Im of immune dysregulation. In my opinion, vaccine-induced immune dysregulation is one of the key factors driving this enormous epidemic of childhood allergies and autoimmune diseases today. And so what you're seeing in these studies is evidence that the flu vaccine is ineffective. And by the way, the science has been saying that since it, the inception of the uh, public policy of universal vaccination since 1960. The FDA has said it, CDC epidemiologists has said it in 1968, 1976, we learned it again with the H1N1 flu um, virus. We just keep learning that the flu vaccine is highly ineffective and yet it persists. And, and it's just like Rand Paul said in your intro, you know, it's no matter what we do, mass lockdowns, vaccinations, we're, it's really not making the impact. The only thing that's making an impact on public policy is fraud, corruption, and pseudoscience. We, yeah. are, we are being misled by observational studies that are weak, they're biased, they're easily manipulated. And that's what's, that's what's countering the high level evidence in these randomized controlled trials, these large studies that show vaccines are simply not working and they, are, they, they have a risk associated with them. The flu vaccine is one of the most injurious vaccines of all the vaccines. Um, it's, it's responsible for about 57% of all of the um, outlays and payments and settlements in the vaccine court system. This right. is, these, these vaccines are injuring the immune system and that leads the immune system, it leads vaccinated individuals to become more susceptible to other respiratory viruses. And, and here's the other part of the story, Dell, is that when a vaccinated individual gets infected with a, a, a non-influenza respiratory pathogen. And influenza is, is a very small part of all the flu-like illnesses that afflict mm. the population. It's a very small part. So if they get a coronavirus, if they get a, a Coxsackie virus, an echovirus, we have also shown studies that show that they are more infectious to other people. They express, they exhale, they cough, sneeze, and speak um, 640 
percent more viral particles with every breath. And so, so and let me so get that are, clear. If you've if you've gotten the vaccine compared to someone that didn't get the vaccine, you both get infected by one of these viruses because the flu shot didn't cover it. But those that were uh, that got the vaccine end up expressing, and, and I would imagine some of what we're talking about these droplets or the aerosolization of a virus that those that were vaccinated. There's science that actually shows they're producing more viral particles that are going out into the air. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's very concerning that, you know, I think that we are creating um, flu pandemics every year when we are vaccinating a huge portion of the population. The vaccine is is very ineffective. Many times we miss the the strains that actually end up circulating in the population. And in that scenario, um, like 2015, we missed all four, right? Um, All four of the viral strains. Many years we miss at least two or three of them. They're highly ineffective. Um, and but when you get that vaccine and then you get infected with another influenza virus, you are um, more uh, you're more likely to have a worse disease. In fact, another study showed that children that received the flu vaccine were three times greater risk of being hospitalized for the flu. This is a manifestation of this immune injury that's occurring in vaccinated individuals. It's a vaccine injury that leaves them not only more susceptible to all of these other viruses in the environment, including coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, right. but it makes them more infectious, more transmissible. So we're Jim, just we're creating yeah. a real nightmare. It's a damage to the immune system. You wrote an amazing paper on this, and very, very in depth. And I want people to be able to get a, a, a you know, to take a look at it if you want to really get more into it. The flu vaccine is bad medicine by Jim Meehan. But I want to remind everybody: all you have to do right now in order to get a link to that and everything else we're discussing on the show is just type in ICAN right now into your comments if you are watching us on Facebook. If you're on our... I'm going to go ahead and stop that clip there right now You, um, since this is not actually the show airing. Uh, hopefully you're all hearing me back. That was the first time me sharing a, a live audio clip and and I'm hoping that you can hear me now. So Eric, jump in if, if nobody's hearing me. <laughs> uh, Um, So I encourage you, if you want to hear the rest of that interview, and if you want all of the science, um, thanks, Eric, Uh, if you want to hear all of the science, then uh, go to thehighwire.com and watch some of the old videos, tune in um, every week at 11. You know, no matter what you decide to do, you, you do need to just keep informed and hear the science that you likely are not hearing when you walk into the Safeway and see the sign flu, free flu vaccine. Um, you know, knowledge is power. Make good decisions. So we are going to be moving to a break here in, in just a, a second. When we come back, I, I am bringing on a guest and we're going to move on to healthy immunity. I'm very excited about our next guest who's a lifeguard um, and a patient coach, a health lifeguard and patient coach. So you're listening to Bernadette on an informed life radio, 1150 AM Did you know that in 1986, Congress passed the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, granting liability protection to drug companies for injuries and deaths caused by their vaccine products recommended to children? Did you know injuries and deaths of pregnant women and their unborn children were added to the act in 2016? Did you know that on February 4th, 2020, drug companies who make COVID-19 vaccines were placed under the liability protection of the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, known as the PrEP Act? To learn the history of how we got here in order to protect yourself now and in the future, you must see the film 1986, The Act. Go to 1986theact.com today. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. 
Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. So you know, all healing begins in the cells. And for the cells to do their job, well, they need the right nutrients, like vitamin C and D, and gases, like oxygen. Did you know that there is a treatment that infuses every cell of your body with oxygen? Hyperbaric Oxygen Therapy, HBOT for short, is a safe and effective medical treatment that can be used in therapies for many injuries and diseases. HBOT was actually used successfully during the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic to treat hypoxia and respiratory failure, and it's now being used to successfully treat COVID-19 as several clinical trials are underway. HBOT increases your production of glutathione, which is critical to immune function and increases stem cell proliferation. To learn more about this century-old technology that is the future of medicine, visit hbotnews.org today. That's hbotnews.org. Need information about your child's vaccinations? Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization of parents, family members, medical professionals, educators, and Washingtonians from all walks of life. They believe in personal freedoms and individual choices, including health care choices. Their mission is to advocate for vaccine policy reform based on scientific integrity and individual health needs, to promote education about healthy immunity, and to protect informed consent and medical freedom in Washington State. To stay informed, visit informedchoicewa.org. Informed Choice Washington envisions the future where every doctor is fully trained in identifying vaccine risk factors and recognizing vaccine injury. Every child is afforded a personalized approach to disease prevention, and every parent has the freedom to make the best health care decisions for themselves and their families. They know every child matters. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. Welcome back to An Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. And, you know, we've been moving through some interesting stuff with with the president um, having COVID and getting some cutting edge um, treatments, including some nutrients, which I'm very glad uh, to see. I think he's in great hands uh, right now. And we talked about getting educated about your immune system with BBCH. And then we talked about the flu vaccine and gave you a little taste of the high wire. You guys are going to love that show. You're going to become addicts. I remember a couple of years ago, my husband started binge watching. It was just amazing. Um, the science that you you begin to learn and the and the politics of all of this that you begin to learn. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And Dell does it in such a, an exciting way. But we're going to be moving on now. Um, to an aspect of immune health that a lot of people don't really think about, or, or they, they've heard about it, but they don't quite understand the connection. And I'm talking about oral health. Like what? Oral health? You know, what what is the health of your mouth and your teeth have to do with the rest of your health and immune system? And uh, so I'm going to be bringing on, I want to do a little sound check here and see if my guest, Chris, before we get going here, I want to see if she can hear me. She's um, uh, going to need her to unmute. I see the little mute buttons on and hopefully she's going to be able to join us here. Um, so we'll get her to work on that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I'm going to introduce her and hopefully by the time I'm done, 
we're going to be able to hear from Chris. So she is a patient health advocate and a wellness coach. Her name is Chris Duval, and she spent more than four decades in patient care. She's been recognized for her contributions to science and patient-centered dental hygiene. She was a founding board member of the International Association of Ozone in Healthcare and Dentistry. She's a founder of the Lifeguard Initiative, which is focused on helping dental and medical teams shift their mindset from repairing the damage to preparing patients for health. Chris describes herself as an architect of change in dentistry's approach to oral systemic health. And it looks like we're still having trouble connecting with Chris. So I'm going to ask the engineer, um, Eric, if you could type for Chris the station phone number into the chat box, and then maybe she could just dial us directly so we can talk to her. Uh, so in the meantime, I'm just going to kind of continue talking here about like one of the things that Chris said to me that really opened my mind because I've always heard of that connection between oral health and the rest of your health, that it could lead to heart disease and all that. And I never quite understood it. And then I was having this conversation recently with Chris and she was talking about, you know, if you have bleeding gums and the connection between bacterial and viral infections and bleeding gums. And it clicked for me. If you, so the first line of defense for your body, when you encounter the outside world, the bacterial world, all the microbiome, all that stuff, um, is your mucosa, is the lining of your nose and in your mouth, right? And we have protections. We have, you know, we have the mucus, we have spit, we all have all kinds of things. And we have intelligence, um, you know, uh, membranes and that sort of thing. But if your gums are bleeding, that means that it has been breached in some way. And when you have this breached barrier, that will allow bacteria and viruses um, to enter in uh, deeper within you, and that can lead to health issues. And it so all of a sudden, that part of it made so much sense to me. Um, we're going to keep trying here. I see, Chris, that you've got one more profile pulled up. And if you could try to work on uh, there, I I see the mute button went away. Are you there, Chris? Oh, we're getting close. Technology, you got to love it. And this is live radio. We're going to get we're going to get Chris on. We will. So right now we've got. Uh, Can you get, hear me? Bernadette? Ah! I hear a voice. It's that's that's my dear friend Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> I apologize. I had to uh, call upon my son to help me out here with uh, getting this uh, going. No problem at all. Thank you to Chris's son for for help uh, with all this technology. I had a little hiccup earlier too, trying to get this this video clip playing, and I think I finally figured it out. Yeah, there you go. Lower your screen. There we can see you. Hello. It says Ryan on the screen. That must be her son. But um, yeah, so it's his yeah. computer. So yeah. So um, welcome to the show. I have Thank so you. much enjoyed meeting with you and having some amazing discussions about immune health and and oral health. So you know, tell me how you transitioned from you know just your traditional training in dental being a dental hygienist into understanding that it's so much more than that. Well, in 2001, I started work for an amazing dentist in Seattle. His name is Dr. Brian McKay. And he challenged me in my first week of employment to basically figure out a way to help our patients get healthy. And he said, I'll give you continuing education, technology, and a personal coach. Let's see what you can do. And so that started my journey into helping patients get healthy. And what we did originally um, and what I've done for, you know, many, many years, 28 years at this time, was I simply focused on uh, getting tartar off of people's teeth. And I realized the emergent science was telling us that that wasn't enough and that there were new and better ways to take care of our patients. 
So what I did probably in about 2005, I shifted my focus from removing calculus from people's teeth or tartar to helping them create a healthy plaque or what today we now call biofilm. Biofilm, and okay. Yes, yes. Biofilm is the same thing as we, like I said, as we used to call plaque. So I, I always heard plaque was bad. So did they, did they used to think it was bad and then they figured out what it was for, that it was actually well, good? we thought it was bad because it was doing bad things. And what we then learned was there are components of this biofilm that um, are what's doing the bad things. So mm-hmm. we, you can eliminate biofilm, but you can work towards getting a healthy microbiome or healthy mm-hmm. bacteria in that plaque or that biofilm. So that's what I focused on doing. At the time, we were primarily concerned with dealing with cavities and periodontal disease in our patients. And so we started doing some testing with our patients because of the emerging science uh, where we would do some swab testing uh, with a product called CaryFree that would help us determine the health of the biofilm. And then we also uh, developed uh, the use of what's called oral DNA, which would help us identify the wrong or the pathogenic bacteria that's in that biofilm. And we learned uh, that there are many, many uh, oral systemic diseases that are caused by this unhealthy biofilm. And the main one at the time that we learned more about was cardiovascular disease. And so that became a key focus of ours was getting this healthy biofilm so that we could help our patients uh, become and have less risk to cardiovascular disease, diabetes, strokes, Alzheimer's, pancreatic cancer, all these pathogenic oral bacteria are implicated in these diseases. That's that's fascinating. So right there at the at the first stage of where you're you're interacting with the world, you're encountering the world, that if you don't have a healthy system right there, it's going to right. lead to to repercussions down the road, things you wouldn't think connect with oral health. So what did what was discovered then is are the same things that cause poor health that we know about, do those also cause poor oral health, like smoking, alcohol? Are Absolutely. Those- Absolutely. It's all based around inflammation. And so our focus became to help our patients reduce any of the inflammatory bacteria and markers in their body. And the, our biggest concern initially when we started this was cardiovascular health because the science told us that there are 11 pathogenic oral bacteria that are causal to atherosclerotic plaque. Hmm. And why that was important is that these same bacteria that cause periodontal disease or inflammation and bone loss in our gums, what we now know that as soon as our gums would bleed, even a minor amount, or if your gums bled a lot, that introduced those pathogenic bacteria into the vascular system. And why that's concerning is that those pathogenic bacteria driven by inflammation are what are causal, not related to, but they are causal to atherosclerosis. So you can see to help our patients reduce the risk to heart attacks and strokes, it was important that we developed a way to help them uh, get rid of these bad bacteria in their mouth. That's, sorry, I got distracted there. Um, Yeah, that is, it's it's really very exciting um, news to hear and it helps people find a way to to focus on different ways they can empower themselves. So let's, let's talk about what it is that individuals can do to improve their oral health. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing is, is um, continue to go see your hygienist and your dentist. 
particularly um, seek out a dentist and hygienist that are concerned about saving your life. Mm-hmm. Literally, these are life-saving um, things that we do nowadays because it is so easy for me in particular when I was practicing, I had people that would sit in my chair, could be hourly, could be several times a day, that were at risk of having an adverse event or even death from these pathogenic bacteria that we now cause so much damage. So um, there, so it sounds like there's twofold. There are lifestyle changes that people could choose to improve their oral health. Right. Um, and I do want you to mention in particular the things that are like the most damaging to it. But then there's also, it sounds like procedures that you would get at the dentist office that would help improve. So let's start Absolutely. there. What are those? Yeah. And you and ozone is mentioned in your bio. So, Well, activated oxygen we use to, which is ozone, we use activated oxygen to help remove and reduce bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites. Um, it's, um, not new. It's been around for many years, but we have uh, made this decision to incorporate that in our protocols of how we treat, um, gum disease and cavities. Um, Dr. McKay also uses lasers and, um, other procedures, you know, like, uh, screening devices, like the carry free that I mentioned Mm -hmm. and, um, then the oral DNA testing is critical to help our patients reduce risk to heart attacks and strokes. And it's literally a very easy procedure. It's a, excuse me, 30 second rinse of some sterile saline. We send it off to the lab and it comes back and it tells us at what level and which pathogenic bacterias are in someone's mouth. And the reason why that's important to know is that if someone holds genetic markers such as IL-6, interleukin-6, what that does is it gives you the, your immune system the opportunity because of your genetic markers that if you get an infection, it may say, hmm, I'm concerned here because Chris has an infection. I think I need to send everything I've got out to fight that infection. In other words, it could create like a cytokine storm. Mm -hmm. Whereas another person that didn't hold that same genetic marker, their immune system just may say, "Ah, we got a little infection here. Uh, This is all I need to take care of it. So um, knowing what your pathogenic bacteria are and the load, the amount of them, Mm-hmm. in your system is really important. And then whether or not you hold the genetic markers that can cause an exaggerated response in your immune system. And that makes sense. So, yeah, and if, well, if you, um, if you are in a situation where you've, you've got, you know, currently um, some problems going on with your oral health there um, and your biofilm, and then you, you get into cold and flu season as we are now, it puts you at a deficit. Right. Because your your system is all immune system is already working to try to clear um, that infection. You might already be low grade inflammation happening, and then you encounter something else. Um, and so it might just be one factor that determines whether or not you you know you become ill or you get a bad case of something. Right. That's right. fascinating. Is is um, so a lot of people you know, they gargle and different things with alcohol based and and all kinds of different products. How does that interrupt or potentially harm or benefit some of these different oral rinses that are available? Um, And go ahead. Well, I certainly don't recommend alcohol based oral rinses because it creates an environment where these pathogenic periodontal bacteria thrive. Mm hmm. And so you'd be better off using something else that is a non-alcohol-based um, mouth rinse. There's a lot of products on the on the market right now that are much better than 
anything that you could use with alcohol in them. Mm-hmm. It, is there, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I love the baking soda treatment for different things. Again, not giving medical advice, but that helps with me. And I know that it's it's one of those old wise things. If you get ill, you gargle with salt water or gargle mm-hmm. with, you know, baking yep. soda. Is is an acidic environment in your in your mouth more conducive to healthy biofilm? No, you want just the opposite. You want a higher pH uh, environment in your mouth. And this is all, again, based around inflammation. And inflammation occurs more in a lower pH, right? So we want to increase the pH. And so using products that have a high pH or a higher pH, um, that carry-free that I talked about, they have uh, a lot of their products that have a, a high pH that are very helpful to use. And they have xylitol in them. Xylitol um, disrupts the ability of the bacteria to metabolize sugars and different things. So that also helps if there's some xylitol in, in the products. But also eating the foods that you eat, you want to stay focused on eating anti-inflammatory foods. Your processed mm-hmm. foods, you know, that are highly inflammatory. And... Um, other things in your um, diet that will contribute to this overall global inflammation in your body. Well, that, you know, that's making a lot of sense because, you know, the first stage of digestion in the mouth, your, your mouth floods with um, saliva. So, and I would imagine saliva then is highly acidic to begin the breakdown process. So your mouth is used to, um, right? uh, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of, and, and isn't there, like a lot there's so much more to saliva than we know as far as what it does how it washes the teeth and and feeds the that good biome it's the human body is really fascinating even spit is fascinating yes Yes. and you'll notice when someone starts to eat the ph of their saliva is going to be reduced because that's how you begin uh the process of breaking down your food But what you're more concerned about is the pH of your biofilm. That's where we're we're most concerned. And one after you finish eating, the purpose is to have your the pH of your saliva rise again, at least to neutral. But the whole thing you want to really focus on is this biofilm and the pH of the biofilm and the inflammatory impact of that. Um, by microbiome on your body and it, it impacts I'm sure you've heard about your gut biome oh yeah you know it, it's all interrelated and you um, the best place to start and get a healthy um, biome throughout your body is to start with the mouth and get that yeah. health exactly now a lot of people do apple cider vinegar they will drink a little homemade tonic of you know a couple splashes of organic um apple cider vinegar and maybe uh, a little lemon in there. They take that with every meal to aid digestion. Is that something that you would consider um, would be good to have, especially like when you finish the meal for your mouth to bring it back up to the. Well, I like to use, I use lemon a lot because granted, if you aren't sucking on lemons or uh, holding lemon water in your mouth, that's one thing that's not particularly good. But once you swallow the lemon, lemon leaves an alkaline ash in your body. So it's very helpful and beneficial. It's actually where is it alkaline in your body. Um, and it is a fruit, but it's very alkaline in your body because it has a very low amount of sugar. So people think as, um, lemons are bad because they're acidic. Yes, they are if they sit on your teeth for a long time, but in your body, lemon is very helpful. So I use lemon a lot. Yeah, it gets very confusing, doesn't it? Because this whole alkaline acid, because some, you know, things that are acidic can make you alkaline and you want your gut to be, well, in that middle area. But I find if I, if I go more alkaline when I'm sick, it helps me 
or if I get the symptoms of sickness, I don't become, you know what I mean? I mean, just, it gets very confusing and I feel like, okay, this is a whole other area I want to really explore. What I have noticed in the past is that all of the health diets you hear about, all the things that you hear about that are healthy, um, fruits, vegetables, garlic, onions, you know, lemon, all of that, all of those foods also play a role when you go look at people who are talking about acid, alkaline, balanced diets. Mm -hmm. And it's those foods in the middle, which would be your fruits and vegetables, you know, and they kind of teeter-totter one side or the other that are the healthiest. The things on the far end, your meats, your alcohols, your sugars, the extreme end of that are very acidic or very alkaline, those you want in fewer amounts, right? In order Mm -hmm. to kind of stay, it's a teeter-totter thing. Um, And it it does get really confusing. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, so what other tips do you have for people to, so we're going to choose to eat, eat better. um, And what else can individuals do? Well, I want people to be assured that now is a great time to go back to visit your dentist and your hygienist. Uh, I know there's been some concern about people that are afraid to go back. And I want to assure you of all the healthcare professions, dentistry does the most when it comes to um, providing uh, safe environment. They're using new air, air filtration systems. They have very extensive and um, tested PPE systems that their team is wearing. Um, everything that they're doing is designed for your safety. And really, when you look at it, part of the reason they do that is because the dental team is more at risk yeah. <laughs> to getting a virus from you than you are from getting a virus from them. Yeah, and they, so, they've always been in a in a field where there was potential exposure to right. um, bodily fluids. And so they, they are practiced at this. So that's yes. really excellent advice. That, so and I, I want to take that like a one minute further, okay? Yeah. Um, when you go back to see the dentist, or and if you haven't been in months, you have missed the opportunity for the all-important all life-saving screenings that you haven't had done. Oral cancer, periodontal disease, um, sleep-disordered breathing, sleep apnea, uh, there is blood pressure. All of these impacts and can cause adverse events for you. So... Um, you know, excellent most dentists advice. and hygienists are really focused on saving your life. That's what yeah. this is all about. <laughs> well, Chris, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show and to learn things I never knew. Um, I'm going to be checking back with you more to get information. Uh, this is great. So thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to an Informed Life radio today. Uh, please check out informchoicewa.org and check out thehighwire.com and childrenshealthdefense.org. There's a lot of people out there that are working hard every day to provide you with information you need to know to make an informed life. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you,